as you go, make disciples. Last week we talked about a disciple is one who is always with the Master. He's always with the Master. That Jesus actually prayed that we would be one with Him and God. That the sacred intimacy that, that Jesus shares with the Father, He wants for us. That we could be so, and as He, Jesus prayed it, perfectly one. Beautiful picture of the unity that God wants us to have with the Trinity. <laughs> with the Holy Spirit, with Jesus, with the Father, this beautiful perfection of oneness that makes us the sons and daughters and makes us able to be disciples the way that He wants us to be disciples. So last week, a disciple is always with the Master. This week, I want to talk about a disciple is one who is always becoming like the Master. And here's the thing, you know, becoming like the Master, becoming like Jesus is huge. Because there's a lot of people, there's a, remember we said before that not every believer is a disciple. Every disciple is a believer. So there are a lot of people that just love to hang around with Jesus. They just love to hang with Jesus because Jesus is a lot of fun to hang with. I'm going to follow him, but I'm going to I'm going to calculate this distance, you know, that tether that Dana talked about. I'm going to I'm going to keep it just tight enough so I'm connected. But following him, well, I'm I'm, I'm still checking this out. The problem with that is hanging with Jesus or just being with Jesus is not good enough. Unless you're being changed. Unless you're being changed. See, the disciples followed Jesus for three years. Three awesome, action-packed, wonderful, powerful years. But on the night of their biggest discipleship moment, they bailed on Him. They ran. They left Him. They betrayed Him. They deserted him. On their biggest moment to show how much discipleship was really impacting their lives, they made they totally bailed. Just hanging with Jesus is just not good enough. It's not good enough. And Jesus recognized this. And he said, you know what? I want you to go to, to Jerusalem. And I want you to stay there. Because what the Father has promised you, I'm going to deliver to you. And you're going to be filled with power so that you could be my disciples. The scripture says, you will be clothed in power. Clothed in power. Keep that in your mind, because I'm going to come back to that. So, what does becoming like Jesus look like? A lot of years ago, when I used to have long hair, long hair and I had a full beard I used to love to mess with people who love to take the Lord's name in vain you know I never would get angry with them but you know every time there was someone around me usually at work but even out in the public if someone said Jesus Christ in a derogatory man if they said Jesus Christ I would say no I just look like him I just look like him and the people would stop and go do a double take 
and look at me as if I wasn't normal. (laughs) Jesus is not normal. Being a disciple of Jesus Christ is not normal. Not in this world. Following a path of discipleship is just not normal. There's nothing normal about following Jesus with everything that we have. It's not meant to be normal. It's meant to be disruptive. This discipleship plan that we're on is meant to disrupt our lives and everybody else in it. Amen. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's just supposed to. It's a good disruption. It's one that uncovers. It's one that brings light into dark places. It's one that brings truth when there's untruth. There's, there's one where there's brings uh, uh, intimacy when there's distance. But it's meant to disrupt the plans and the purposes of the enemy. That's why we've got to know his devices. That's why we've we got to be aware of what he does. Sticks and everything. We're meant not just to make an impact. We're supposed to make an impact in this world. We're supposed to be felt, noticed, recognized as his disciples. There's nothing normal about that. There's nothing really easy about that either, but, you know, that's okay. A disciple is one who sees the world like Jesus sees the world. Jesus has a much different worldview than all of us, right? (laughs) His scriptures lay out his worldview. The gospel, basically, is Jesus' worldview. So a disciple looks at his family, his marriage, his neighbors, life, death, good, and evil through the lens of the gospel. This is what a disciple does. It looks at the same, it looks at the earth the same way that Jesus looks at the earth, the same way that God looks at the earth. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that through him the world might be what? Saved. That's Jesus' worldview right there. Plain and simple. Greater love hath no man except that he lay down his life for another. Jesus' worldview. The enemy comes to rob, steal, and destroy, but I have come that you might have life and life more abundantly. Jesus' worldview. In this world you will have many trials and and temptations, but fear not, I have what? Overcome the world. And greater is he that is in me he that is in the world. Jesus' worldview. Right there. This is our way we look through the lens of the gospel of the power that God has clothed us with in order to be effective disciples and look like the master in it. With me so far? So the question that I have this morning, this one that I've been tossing around is this. How would my world, my world, my world, my world, 
be different? How would the world be different, the world I walk in, if I consistently saw people the way Jesus sees them? How different if I consistently saw people through the gospel? How different would I be? How different would my impact be if my life was more consistent with that worldview that it actually impacted me to a point where that's all the lens that I chose to look through? This is a discipleship life here. The discipleship is all in. There's, there's, no, there's no more J. There's only this son that follows God. It's not that I lose my wife or I lose my children, I lose my church, I lose my friends. It's, no, 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 no. It's just that he is the one that I am following. I follow along with you guys, but he's the one I follow. He's the one that has complete control of who I am. Jesus said it this way, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. No one comes to the Father except through me. Another worldview point of Jesus. If Jesus Jesus said that I am the way, he, he didn't just say, this is the way. He said, I'm the way. He didn't, he didn't just teach about truth. He said he was the truth. And he didn't just show us a way to live life. He said, I am your life. And I am the only avenue to, to, to know the Father like I know him. That I want you to know him. I'm the only way. So let's stop pretending that there's other ways. And you know what? There's no such thing as coexisting. You know those little bumper stickers? Okay? No. He is the only way. And we should not be ashamed of that fact. We should not live in fear of that. That we might offend someone. We don't want to be mean. We don't want to hit the people with a Bible or with a stick or with anything like that. We have to have compassion. But he is the only way. And that is his worldview. This should be ours. Just saying. Romans 13, 14 says this. I'm going to read you a bunch of scriptures. I want, I want somebody else to read some too. Someone volunteer to read Galatians 3.27. Okay, there's one. Okay, someone uh, volunteer to read Ephesians 4.24. Go on once. Go on twice. There it was. Okay. Someone volunteer to read Colossians 3.10. Okay. One more. Colossians 3.12. Who's got that one? Okay. Everybody's got covered? Just let me know when you got there. You're there? Everybody there? What's 
Uh, I don't know which one did I say. Galatians 3.27. Well, I'm going to read Romans 13.14. Okay. Then I'm going to get you guys read some other ones. We're going to do this and, and then we're going, to, we're going to bring it all together. Everybody ready? I'll call them out and you just tell me if you're ready. I'm going to read Romans 13.14 first. Okay. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Okay. Who's got Galatians 3.27? Okay, who's got Ephesians 4.24? And that you put on the new man, which was created according to God, in true righteousness and holiness. Colossians 3.10. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Colossians 3.12. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, what did you notice in all those scriptures? Putting on, either putting on or clothing, right? Clothe yourselves or put on. Both are the same words. They're just used differently in these scriptures. They're translated different, but they're really the same Greek word. And this word is really, really cool. Listen to this, okay? It means to... Um, uh, it means to immerse yourself in, okay? It means to uh, be surrounded by. It also means to invest in. Oh, yeah. Sink into. You know when you step into mud, you know, and it just kind of like whoop, swallows you up? That's the picture there, okay? So put on, clothe yourself. But here's the really cool one. Are you ready for this? This is really cool. I want you to get excited. I really do. Building the tension here. Okay? Because this is really cool. We put on, we clothe ourselves, which means that we assume the identity. We assume the identity of who Jesus is. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. We assume the identity. We sink into this identity. We're immersed in this identity. We're surrounded by this identity. We become like Jesus. Sticks have no power over us. Put on your new self. Clothe yourself. Put on Jesus Christ. Clothe yourself with kindness and humility and and compassion because these are the things that make us look like Jesus. So when we walk into a situation that is harsh, that is difficult, they don't see me. Jesus is walking into that situation. And Jesus commands attention by His very presence. The enemy notices when Jesus is around and he has to leave. He has to flee. So why are we afraid to go into situations and be disciples in there? When the enemy has to flee because Christ is in us. We have assumed the identity 
I'm not walking into a situation with the best Jay that I can be. I'm there with Jesus Christ inside of me doing his thing. I don't know about you, but I want to assume the identity this morning. I want to be like Jesus. I hinted at this scripture before about now. I'll read it. Luke 24 to 49. Jesus says this, And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power, until you assumed your identity of power. Again, we've been saying this for since the beginning of the year. Do not be afraid of being powerful. It's his power. It's his authority. It's his presence. It's not our own. But we don't have to. <laughs> Let's stop acting like we're weak. Yes, when we're weak, he is strong. Yes, I know this. But we don't have to act weak. We just got to recognize that we are. There you go. We assume thy identity. That yeah, my identity is not that I'm weak. My identity is that I'm powerful in Jesus Christ. That's my identity. I am acknowledging my humanness, my frailty, that I am weak. But in him, I am strong. I assume the identity that Christ wants me to have. See, discipleship is about discovering who you are in Jesus. That's how you make disciples out there. If you don't know who you are, you can't make disciples. Because you don't know who he is. When we know him, then we know us. And then we know the enemy. We can do what God wants us to do. With a lot more power, with a lot more authority, and with a lot more consistency. When I assume his identity, I find mine. Because I know who I am. I take on my new self, my new man, my new identity, and all the freedom that that provides. 2 Peter 1.3 His divine power has granted to us all things. Not some things. Not a few things. All things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who has called us to his own glory and excellence. We have the power to be like Jesus. Right there. His divine power has granted to us all things. All things. So I want to talk about elimination, I want to talk about imitation, and I want to talk about determination in this way. Living and looking and being like Jesus is more than just plain old elimination. Removing things that keep me from following him. See, pruning is great. But it doesn't get to the root. So you may be pruning something that's dead. And you've got to get to that root. Just elimination is just not enough to look like Jesus. We're talking about, it's more than just mere imitation. We do not mimic Jesus. 
Joshua, my oldest son, can imitate a lot of different famous people's voices. Does a great Winnie the Pooh. Seriously. But there isn't a moment that I think that he's actually Winnie the Pooh. He can mimic the voice. And it's really cool. We don't mimic Jesus. We are transformed by Jesus. So that we assume the identity and we're like Jesus. We don't mimic his... See, remember I said this before, you know, that God once told me, he says, I don't want you to work for me. I have a lot of people working for me. I want you to work with me. See, there are a lot of people out there mimicking Jesus, doing all the right things. And a lot of it's called ministry. And it's shallow. And it's, 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 it's having a form of religion, but lacking the power thereof. We don't want that. We don't want to just say, you know, if I give up things, if I just eliminate things, you know, if I just surrender some things, then I'll, you know, that'll be okay. That'll be good enough for Jesus. No, I want to be transformed by him. And I don't just want to act like Jesus. I want to be like Jesus. My actions will follow. I will do the things. I will be obedient to the things he wants me to do. But I got to be like him first. And it's more than... Just determination. You know, gritting your teeth does only one thing. It only grinds down your teeth. We cannot make ourselves look like Jesus. We receive the gift of transformation of regeneration, of sanctification, of justification. These are the things that make us look like Jesus. And we receive them as sons and daughters of the Most High. Again, there are a lot of people mimicking Jesus, trying to make themselves look like Jesus. And things like asking for a new jet plane happen. If you haven't heard the news... Apparently, there's a televangelist that needs a new jet plane because his four old ones are not good enough. I don't want to criticize another brother in the faith, but that is mimicking Jesus. And if he was here, I would tell him so. That's not like Jesus. You could get it. God could give anybody a plane if he wants to. And that's not the point. We don't want to have a form of religion. Religion. We want to have Jesus. We want to act like Jesus. We want to be like Jesus. We assumed the identity. Listen to this wonderful worldview of us that Jesus has. John fifteen fifteen. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. And that word means dear friends. For all that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. This is assuming the identity of intimacy. That Jesus has called us his friends. Wow. 
I want to be a friend of Jesus. Not that just to hang around Jesus' friend. I want to be a friend that's invested in his life. Invested in his purposes because that's the only way. Because that's the only truth. Because that's the only life that I could possibly live that has any meaning and value on this planet. I want to be that kind of friend. Because that's the kind of friend that Jesus laid down his life for. Luke 6, 40 says this, A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. Jesus is saying, when you are fully trained, uh, fully trained, a change is going to overtake you. That phrase, fully trained, means when you are prepared, when you are mended, like you have a broken bone, when, when a broken bone is mended, when you are mended, when you are fully equipped, it means you've been given everything that you need to be a disciple. And it means this, when you become who you ought to be. Jesus does everything in relationship, and he does everything Restoring our identity along the way. Because we need to know that we're sons and daughters of the Most High. And the world needs to know that truth as well. Not in an arrogant way, but in a compassionate way. We have the best news on the planet. There is no greater news than the gospel of Jesus Christ. We've been entrusted with this truth, with this way. And the beauty is when we are fully trained, we will be like it. It's a process, a lifelong journey. We're being discipled along to the day that we take our last breath. But we're becoming more and more like Jesus along the way. As we assume the identity of who he is in us. I got 32 seconds. <laughs> Superman. Superman. And here's, and here's the last line. The promise in this scripture is this. When you immerse yourself in me, when you sink into the garments of discipleship, when you assume, assume my identity, you will become like me. Eight seconds. Father, thank you for this wonderful, wonderful day. Thank you for speaking into us words of life. I pray again, Father, anything that was of me, that will be forgotten. That we will remember your words. And that we would assume, assume the identity that you've given us. And we will not make provision for any other identity to be placed on us. We will boldly and violently oppose the enemy. Because you have your divine power in us. Speaking words of life, of power, of authority. And we will walk in your purposes. I ask for my brothers and sisters now that you will bless them. That you will bless them financially. That you will bless them in their health. You will bless them relationally. I pray, Father, when they leave this place today, 
that no matter where they go, they will feel your presence and they will drip Jesus. And I ask this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.